0: The <laughs> the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. In my prenatal chiropractic practice, I often see new moms struggling to find some semblance of balance between career and motherhood. Our guest today is a new mom who has had an interesting career trajectory. During life before pregnancy, she worked for some of the biggest names in fashion doing development and design. After relocating to Los Angeles, she fell head over heels in love with wardrobe styling, expertly creating looks for her celebrity client, Red carpet appearances, music videos, and world tours. Her forever New York persona took the limelight when she recently appeared with her husband on Bravo's hit show, Stripped. As a TV correspondent, she's covered the red carpet events and makes regular appearances, promoting herself as a brand. After the recent birth of her daughter, she has transitioned into a mompreneur and a mommy influencer, inspiring her followers with both her fashion sense and with real-life day-to-day experiences in motherhood. She's here today to talk about career, pregnancy, birth, and maybe some juicy gossip. Allie Levine, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me. Wow, that was like quite the intro. I I mean, I'll take it. (laughs) Thank you
0: very much. Uh, All right. Where do you come from?
1: Well, like you said, I'm originally from New York. New Yorker.
0: Yes. I, don't moved, even I talk moved out. as much as I thought you would.
1: <laughs> Just get me started.
0: Okay. <laughs> a beer? Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was like a little bit of wine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I moved out here nine years ago, and I was, like you said, working in the entertainment industry. Mm. I was working in New York in movies and television when it used to be really big mm-hmm. in New York, and so I was working for, like, Oliver Stone as a production assistant. Oh. Yeah, he's amazing and insane at all at the same time. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) and worked for, like, you know, some really big names and ended up going to Atlanta to work on Big Mama's House. I think it was two or three with Martin Lawrence and his team, Mm. and half the costume department was from L.A. And they said, what are you doing in New York? And I was like, I don't know. I've been in New York pretty much my whole life, life. you know, like minus going to college for a hot two years in Arizona. That's a whole other story. Following a stupid boy, didn't work out, cheated on me, came back to New York, you know. Not good. But that's okay. You know, you live and learn. But uh, that was the only time I really was like on the West Coast. So I'm like, why would I go to LA? And they're like, well, if you want more of the trending and fashion and what you're telling me you're into, like, that's not, you know, New York for entertainment. That's LA. So they offered to help get me started and, you know, get me in the costume house and get in the union and work for them for a year. And I thought, well, hell, no one really gives offers like that, right? So, packed my bags, told my boyfriend, who's now my husband, Justin, "Hey, I'm going well, that to that one did
0: work out. That one <laughs> did work out. <laughs> Thank God. <Yeah. laughs> Where did your passion for fashion come from in the first place?
1: I would say it came from my grandmother. Um, she's now passed, but she, that's my who my daughter is named after, Amelia. Oh. And she was like always so into fashion. She dressed impeccably. She always taught me to express myself like through my outfits. I would dress up in her outfits when I was like all of two years old, you know, her boas, spray her perfume, like try to put her heels on, the whole thing, fall down the stairs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, (laughs) it was
1: like I was just the whole thing. And she always encouraged me. And so I would take like painting classes, sewing classes, like all kinds of stuff. And I just truly fell in love with fashion and fashion has always been my passion
0: is that what you were studying in arizona
1: yes i was studying um at northern arizona merchandising association i was the president of the merchandising and design association there and Hmm. so it was like there's huge fashion club for the school that I got to be the president of because I ended up going to this school for a guy but it worked out because I was this kind of big fish in a small pond, if you will. So everybody was like, oh, this New Yorker can take over our club and help us, like, bring in real fashion. And so it was awesome because I got to be a part of, like, huge fashion shows and ended up connecting with, like, Target and Macy's and all these companies. And I actually got my first job out of college with Target because of my fashion club at school. Yeah.
0: Right on Target. Yeah,
1: right on Target. (laughs) 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 And so so, you know it, it worked out uh, not with the guy but with work and so I just I don't know I always felt like fashion was my passion I've said for a long time confidence is your best accessory mm-hmm. and I always feel like when I'm dressing clients or even telling myself when I'm getting myself together like you need to feel confident otherwise I, it's nothing else is going to work
0: Do you miss New York?
1: I do miss New York
0: what, what about
1: it? I miss a lot about it I miss my friends I miss my family I miss the realness you know I miss I miss Everyone says, oh, New Yorkers are so blunt. New Yorkers are so rude. New Yorkers are blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, we just tell you how it is. Like, if I want to sit and have a conversation with you, great, I'm going to have it. But if I'm not into it, I'm not going to do it. But in L.A., people do it anyway. And it's like, why? You know, It's
0: true. It's a little artificial sometimes. (laughs) You think? A little. It might
1: just be, you know, everybody's kind of getting, like, plugged up with fillers and stuff, which I have no shade for because I did before I was pregnant. Mm. But... You know, New York is just so, I don't know, it's just so authentic and people are just like who they are and nobody's apologizing for it and a lot of people see that as rude but for me, that was like what I was used to. So when I came out here and people said, you're too loud, you're too honest, you're too this, you're too that, I was like... Oh, what? You know, I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Tone it down. Sugar coat that a little. Oh, that dress yeah. doesn't look great on them. And I was like, the mm. dress looks horrible. And they're like, <laughs> no, Allie, like, just, just a little bit of sugar. And I was like, I, what? I don't sugar coat. So mm. that was really hard for me. Yeah, the dress <laughs>
0: looks horrible with sugar on top. Oh Yeah, you mm. know,
1: I was like, okay, sprinkle some sugar. It still looks terrible. Yeah, you know, like, my
0: whole family's in New York. And really? So I miss the, I miss, I'm a New York and uh-huh. I, miss, I miss the bagels. That's uh, oh,
1: Well, yeah, the, the food is like a whole nother bagels mm. pizza mm-hmm.
0: it's different
1: sandwiches i mean all of it is so different it's way different why do you think it's different i always have this conversation with people
0: i don't know why it's different I, i'm assuming they're putting nasty crap in there but it right tastes so i was gonna I say know. something
1: from the water something that's horrible but like somehow it's tastes so delicious good, like yep. weird
0: bacteria i don't yeah, yep, know
1: i know <laughs> but it's not the same here i'm with you
0: uh, so what do you do, like, when you're looking to, just because we're still in the fashion part of your career, when you're looking to dress somebody, where do you start?
1: When I'm looking to dress someone, where do I start? Um. What's
0: the starting point? Like, if I was looking to dress myself, I wear the same thing every day, but.
1: Totally. You have a uniform, that's what you stick to. I get That's it. my thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's some people that have a uniform and there's nothing wrong with that. I've actually been teaching moms now that, like, I am a mom, like, how they can create their own uniform, if you will, of, like, hey, um little black dress is what makes me feel comfortable, but I don't want to do anything else, then great. Then that's what you should wear and maybe change up your accessories, change up your shoes so that you still feel like you're innovating yourself, but you still feel comfortable, especially as a mom.
0: And you're staple.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's a staple. But like, you that's know, back when I first- it is for me. It's
0: always that little black dress that makes me yeah, feel good Yeah, I was going to say, myself. you look great in a Thank you black so dress. much. I, mean, yeah. I appreciate that. It um, means <laughs> a lot coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but as far as like when I first started, it was really looking at the person and or the celebrity or whoever it was and saying- Saying, what is the message? What are you trying to put out there? What are you trying to emulate? You know, what are you going for? Is it edgy? Is it trendy? Is it vintage? Is it completely out avant-garde and out there? Like what you know, or are you trying to be a parasultant? Like where where are you in the world of fashion? And mm. I try to kind of fine tune where they are with like my own styling techniques and say, okay, well, you love maybe the way that skirt looks, but that skirt overwhelms your body. So you shouldn't wear that type of skirt. I try to take people's ideas of what they want to create and actually make sense of it and style them so that they actually look good. Because at the end of the day, my job is to make sure you look good. And like I said, confident and you should be wearing the clothes. The clothes should be wearing you. And that's something I always have a problem with, with like even huge celebrities. Half the time, I get it. They want to wear these amazing designers. But if the clothing is literally hanging on you and it's doing nothing for you... You might as well have just roll him in with a paper bag because that's what you look like. It
0: sort of <laughs> reminds me of when you see people walking a dog and the dog is so big and aggressive, you're not sure who's taking who for a walk.
1: Completely. I love that analogy. Thank you I very much. I steal that from that's you. That's my man. first like sense it. of fashion ever. Oh, hey, I like it. I'll take
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, did you have a favorite? either job or style that you you like oh
1: i had so many people that i worked with that i really loved styling um lisa vanderpump mm. is amazing i mean first she off, rules she's just amazing See what first I did off. There? like yeah and then she's just <laughs> like her fashion sense and the way she is like it was fun to style her because she really knew what she wanted but she still let me have my fun so it was like of course I can't do her accent. i like darling I want A, <laughs> you know, I want a B and C and then I'd be like okay this is the world of jumpsuits you think you want this is the world of gowns and like we would fine tune you know or like say we'd get like a plain jumpsuit and then she'd be like but I want it to have like you know a hundred stones on it and then we'd like go to downtown and like have it bedazzled and couture you know so it's like she was fun like that mm. and like always wanted to take things to the next level and that's Creative, what fashion with a is risk-taking. yeah exactly so that was fun for me another one Gretchen Rossi love her her she always like even with the beginning of pregnancy like let me have fun things dress her bump and before that just she's super glam and loves to wear like you know super glam cocktail outfits and go all out with her accessories and never feels like too much is too much which i love because i'm like great let's keep pouring it on (laughs) so you know that was yeah exactly that that was a lot of fun um Yeah, I've had some really cool clients, like different music videos, editorials. I've been very lucky. So many of my clients have gotten, like, best dressed, like – Joey King. Now she's crazy, blown up in the world. But I worked with her back when she was kind of like just starting in the world, and she always wanted to do avant garde. Like she was like, "Whatever well, you want to put me in for the red carpet, like I don't even care if I don't like it. If you think it looks hot, I'll wear it." And I was like, "Oh, you're my client. That's cool. You know, it's yeah. really cool." So you I leave it to the experts. Yeah. Yes, and not everybody does that. Oh. A lot of people want to go, "I'm the expert," and I'm like, "Okay, and then I'll just kind of try to pretend to sit here in my corner while I stew and don't like what you're wearing." You oh. know, like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wow. All right. Time's flying. We're going to take a little break. But I just will say this. I had a friend who's a stylist for television and movies. And I was thinking about going to fashion school so I can be a stylist because of the amount of points she has on her credit card from buying all that stuff. <laughs> that's a true story. For the story. studios. Like, right, that's amazing. <laughs> all right. Don't go anywhere. we will be right back with Allie Levine. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Allie Levine. You had a kid.
1: I did. I had a, a little girl. She's 14 and a half months now, which wow. I can't even- it goes fast. Everybody says that to you, but I don't know. I guess in my mind, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, it's it goes going fast. fast. yeah. yeah. <laughs> my
0: baby just turned 15. Oh. I mean, not my baby, but my first baby.
1: Yeah, I mean, but they'll always be your baby, right? This is Yeah, it
0: goes so- I'm like, I still haven't taken off the pregnancy weight. <laughs> Moving on to you, like when you get a bump, is it fun to style it?
1: Yes. I think dressing the bump is like the most fun because it's like this incredible, you know, magical thing that's happening with the body and you get to do whatever, whether it be like for me, I would wear crop tops, let the belly hang out and like, you know, show it off with like low cut jeans. And there's some people who'd want to put like bedazzle on their belly or, you know, they want to wear a dress that has like only color in the stomach. Like, I just think it's so much fun that people are. But then there's also people who
0: want to like just hide it.
1: Yeah. And, I, you know, honestly, that makes me sad. I get it. Like people want to hide it because they don't feel as pretty. But to me, I'm like, you're amazing. Like you're carrying a human. This is one of the most empowering times of your life, like that you're creating this life inside of you. To me, I'm like, you should show it off. Like I personally got like, I think, Four rounds of maternity photo shoots. My husband was like, "What are you doing?" (laughs) I was like, "I'm going all out. I got glam. I got gowns. I, I like, I went vintage for one. I did glam for another. I went edgy for another. Like every yeah, I had so much fun with it. I was Mm. like, "Yes, here's my bump. Like, let's do it." (laughs) You know what?
0: My wife wants me to go on a diet, and I'm thinking that I should probably do a a photo shoot with my bump because I don't know if I'll have it. You know? Yeah. Vintage? What do you think? Vintage, I think. Would be bedazzled? Great. Yeah, a little bedazzled, <laughs> a little
1: vintage. I could help.
0: But then in postpartum, it's nice to wear things that sort of – because yes, it takes a little you, while for that to go away.
1: Then you're all about the loose fitting, and you're like, what can I wear that's even looser? Because people are still asking <laughs> if I'm pregnant, and I'm not. Uh, it really upsets no me. Yeah. That really bothers me. Like, if, why do people think – and not – even when people are pregnant, they still ask, where you're pregnant. It's like, unless you know for a fact – You really shouldn't ask. Uh And then when someone's going through postpartum and their body's still changing, it's like, why do they still... I had people coming up to me going... Oh my gosh, how far along are you? And I wanted to ball my eyes out because I'm out getting a coffee and my daughter's home, and I'm like, actually, I gave birth, you know, six weeks ago. But thanks, you know, no, like, that's
0: worse. It's horrible. I, I never want to do that. So whenever I'm in public, I carry pregnancy pee sticks with me. So if huh? I'm not sure, I just like in the elevator, I'll be like, Would you mind peeing on the stick? I mean, And when hey, it's at least positive, I'm like, Hey, how how what do you do? Yeah,
1: congrats. Because <laughs> that's a lot less I like weird. It. Way less weird.
0: <laughs> how was your pregnancy?
1: My pregnancy was interesting was it planned <laughs> um it was not really that planned well okay uh, going back to bravo strip the whole time on the show basically it came out that i didn't think i wanted to be a mom and just i wanted to be a dad and he had told me when we first met like hey that's kind of a deal breaker and in my mind i was kind of like oh he'll might let go of that down the road <laughs> and, wanting
0: to have a kid yeah oh okay
1: and Because, you know, he followed me to L.A. Everything happened so quickly. Like, we just started this life together. And in my mind, like, you know, we would just see what happened. And years went by and it still didn't happen. And my career was my baby, my fashion career. And so when we started being on the show, they were like, why don't you want to have a baby? And kind of confronted me on it, as Bravo likes to do. And I was like, I just want to focus on my career. I just want to keep going. I'm not ready to, like, hit the pause button yet. Sure. And they were like, all right, well, you know, your husband's been out here with you. At this point, it was like. Eight years, whatever, and they were like, you know, you should really think of giving him a baby, you know. And I was like, all right, thanks. Slow your roll. oh yeah, it was oh. like they were, yeah, they, they were
0: like sort of trying to become the reproducer. Yeah,
1: pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, very well said. <laughs> so, anyways, after going through this, you know, show and everything, kind of opened my eyes to realizing I was kind of very much in the Hollywood scene. I wasn't focused on my husband or my family or my friends. I was very much being selfish in my own career, and I didn't really see anything else going on. So when the show kind of, um, when we had finished filming, Justin had said to me, well, can we at least get off the pill? The doctor said it's probably gonna be at least a year to get pregnant, you've been on the pill since you were 16 years old. So I did, and ha Amelia decided <laughs> about three weeks later that I was gonna be oh, pregnant. So wow. <laughs> it was Surprise. really fast, How'd you find out? Um, I was in Vegas, actually, for a TV segment, because I do, you said, national and local segments. And I was on camera, and I felt sick as a dog. And I turned to my producer, and I said how much longer because I think I'm gonna go get sick. And she was like, did you drink last night? <laughs> and I was like, no, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. And my assistant that was with me was like, Emmy was like making a joke. She's like, you're pregnant. And I'm like, no, I'm not, Emmy. And she's like, yes, you are. And sure enough, like we finished filming. I feel horrible. We go back to the hotel. She's like, I'm gonna go buy a pregnancy test. You lay down, comes back with it and. The clear as day, there Aww. were those two eyes, And I was like, oh, okay.
0: excited or a little I was nervous. shocked at first.
1: Shocked. I was nervous. I well, was you know like, how
0: it works, right? What? Getting pregnant.
1: Oh, yeah, well, I so mean. So you couldn't
0: have been that shocked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Touche. But in my mind, I thought we were practicing having a little bit of fun. Oh, I see. Before. The
0: rehearsal dinner.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. before it actually was happening. But, you know, Amelia was like, no, I'm here, you know. <laughs> and just been her way, the whole way from the that's, pregnancy to the birth. Oh. Boom, this is me, you know. So, but, no, she's the best thing ever happened to me and us. But it definitely was a whirlwind. How would you tell the hubby? I actually FaceTimed him because I had to be in Vegas for another, like, two days oh, for work. Wow. So I couldn't hold it in. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to hide this from him and come home and tell him. So I was like, hey, can you FaceTime tonight? And he's like, okay, we don't really FaceTime when I'm away. And so he's <laughs> like, sure. I'm like, okay. So I'm on FaceTime, and I actually saw screenshots of him, like, being so happy. And I was Aww. like, I have to tell you something. And he's like, what? And I was like, I'm pregnant. And his face just went like lit up, smirking, like tearing. I was really sweet. That made me cry. It was was a really beautiful moment.
0: You're making me a little teary
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was really, it was. It was totally meant to be, even though I was like, oh my God, but I think my personality and everything, like the universe knew, we're going to just have to spring this on you because if you have to actually like plan and do this, it's not going to happen. happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: What was your favorite and least favorite parts of pregnancy?
1: Morning sickness. That should not be called morning sickness. It should oh, be called all, all day, day? sickness. Oh. oh, for nineteen weeks. Wow. Yeah, like full blown. That's really really rough. Yeah. Yeah, and then I got it at the end of my pregnancy too. People do the oh. first and last trimester. I was like, are, what is this? so yeah. that. Was, and then the heartburn. Those that I did not don't miss. I remember sucking on ice like every night. Like, <laughs> just more ice, more ice. Like sucking on ice in bed every night. Um, So that I don't miss. But I loved dressing my bump. I loved. Um, just feeling empowered that I could, like, feel her kicking and, like, know that I was growing this life and, like, feeling the transition and who I was becoming and all those things. So it was definitely a lot of highs and lows. But I love going to the red carpet and showing her off and people like, you know, being like, Allie, turn and show your bump. And, you know, that was fun. But the sickness was not fun. And like having to run off set and leave my assistants while I'm styling a celebrity and be like, I'll be right back and go puke in these, you know, $10,000 bathrooms in a mansion were not fun. I'm like, oh, I probably owe you money for (laughs) throwing up in your golden toilet. You know, Uh. like (laughs) – So that was not fun. But pregnancy overall, I did enjoy for the most part. Way way more than the birth. We'll say that.
0: (laughs) Well, let's talk about birth. What what did you plan and what did you get?
1: (laughs) That seems to be the the way you roll the dice, huh? Yeah. I wish somebody had told me that. So I had a birth plan. sigh, And my birth plan was I wanted a natural birth.
0: What does that mean to you?
1: It meant... No drugs, no intervention. Oh, like totally natural. Totally natural. In a hospital? Nope. At in a home. birth center. Oh, at Not a birth home. Center. I wanted to find a happy medium. Yeah. So, birth center, Um, found my midwife, found my doula, like, loved my team. And uh, my doula was Lexis Haynes. My midwife was um, Robin of Push Midwi- Midwifery. Oh, in it. Yep. Push. push. Yep. Push. And that's cool. a, Yeah. Robin, cool. And so they were my team. And, you know, they told me, obviously, things could not go to plan, but in my mind, the New York stubborn person that I am, I was like, no, it's going to go exactly because I took hypnobirthing, and I did this, and I did that, and da-da-da-da-da. And, of course, my daughter had other plans, so I labored for about 30 hours at Push. Wow. (laughs) And got in the tub and tried to get Amelia to cooperate to have her in the tub And it wasn't happening, and Robin said, listen, you know, this is why we have a doctor for interventions for this reason. I really think we should go to the hospital. And that was a really hard decision for me to make, because in my mind, I was already off my birth plan. I didn't want to go to a hospital. So I was transferred, went to the hospital. Dr. Polyakin was my doctor. He's amazing, so I was very lucky. Um, He works with Robin, and he said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to keep pushing. And he said, great, let's keep pushing. Oh, so you're already
0: 10 centimeters and you're pushing, but the baby's not coming out? Right. Okay.
1: I'm basically at destination station and I'm just, it's not happening. So he was like, well, I'll let you keep pushing because her heart rate's fine. You're safe. We've got you all hooked up on belts and everything. We can see everything's okay. So we'll keep going. So we keep going. And I think it was at about maybe 40 hours at this point. She had come down twice. In the birth canal, and he had tried to grab her, and she shot back up. Shot back up. Oh She did not
0: want to check out of hotel alley.
1: Did not. Apparently, I made a very cozy situation. (laughs) And I remember looking at him and going, "Why can't you grab her? You know, like let's go." You know, and he's like, "I I have tried to grab her twice. She has shot back up." So now at this point, he put me on pitocin because he's like, "Well, we're gonna crank her out of you." Okay. And it was so painful. Oh, Oh, because you're
0: still unmedicated. Yes. Like, no. Yes.
1: I was so painful. And he said he cranked me up, I guess, like 15, whatever, the highest you can go on Pitocin or whatever they call it. Yeah, whatever. That was so painful for me. So he was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, "I, I can't handle this pain. Like, I'm trying so hard to handle it and push, but, like, it's not happening. So then I got on an epidural because I couldn't take the pain anymore. And at that point, honestly, I was so tired I was like, I don't know what else to do. I was like, should I, you know, do I keep pushing? And my midwife, Robin, was still with me because she was amazing and stayed with me and saved my doula, Alexis. And they just said, listen, no one can tell you what to do. You have to make your own decisions. So they stepped out of the room. Justin turned to me and he got me as he always does. And he goes, babe, you've been such a warrior. And, you know, I never knew it was going to go this way, but like, you've been amazing. And honestly, I thought after two hours, you go epidural, you know, so I'm so impressed by you. But like at this point, I just want to meet her, like, don't you? And, of course, I just started bawling. And so that's when the doctor came back in, and he said, listen, we're going to have to go in for a C-section because it's not happening the way you want it to happen. So rolled into the OR. About 10 minutes later, Amelia was born.
0: Oh, piece of cake.
1: Piece of cake. Well, I'm
0: sorry it didn't go the way you wanted it to. Um, so, do you have any ideas why she wasn't coming down?
1: Uh, There's quite a few. She was too big. How big? <laughs> Eight pounds, seven ounces. And then you can see me. I'm a pretty petite girl. <laughs> um, I have a narrow pelvis. Okay. <laughs> um, apparently, I also have something where, I guess, besides a narrow pelvis, something with my pelvic floor and the Tightening, like I'm extra tight or something, because he was. Alexis, my duo, was actually talking to him about this. Was like, after I had given birth, she was like, Well, (laughs) it's painful for her sometimes to have sex. And so he said, Well, that would have been nice to know, (laughs) you know, like going into this, because then maybe I would have known that she was so.
0: Too too tight in her belly. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, So apparently it was a combination of things. Also, I did take castor oil in the beginning of it all. And that is, even though it's natural, it is an induction, if you will. Yeah, kind of. Uh, kind of. Um, and so, you know, Dr. Polyakin said, hey, you know what? Maybe she wasn't ready to drop. You know, you, I was 40 weeks and two days. And I, my parents were in town. They were looking at me like a ticking time bomb. Everybody was making me insane. Social media was making me insane. I was making me insane. And I was just like, you know what? That's it. I'm done. Like, I need to do something. And I didn't want to be induced. So that was why I did the castor oil instead of going in somewhere and having them, you know, the do the medication yeah, yeah. or sweep wow. the membranes. Or, but I guess in some way, shape, or form, it made me go into labor because within the next day, my water had broke. Hmm. Yeah, but that also was hard because that caused major cramping and all that other nasty stuff that castor oil can do, and that made it like even more difficult for the day before I went in. I kind of like pre labor pain, and then went into like full-blown labor so for me i think it was a lot more intense than maybe it could have been just because i added that factor (laughs) oops
0: (laughs) well on that note let's take one more commercial (laughs) break and we'll be right back Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Allie Levine. You know, so many times the birth plan doesn't go according to plan. Sometimes it does go exactly according to plan. But it's sort of, I think, important to be flexible.
1: It is important to be flexible. the good news is for you, <laughs> you
0: were surrounded by great providers and you were not pushed, quote unquote, yes. uh, into doing the things that you did. It just, you and know, I was
1: thankful for that. You because took the
0: cards you were dealt and you yes. made decisions and, mm-hmm. you know, you had a good experience overall.
1: Yeah. I mean, overall, those 30 hours, everyone's like, oh, are you crazy? Honestly, those 30 hours were way more tolerable for me and not easy, but like I felt like in my zone, you know, like I felt like in control of what I was doing. I was laboring her down. I was dancing. I was, you know, getting massages. I was, you know, rolling on the ground. I was doing squats. Like I was on the birth ball. I was, you know, I was doing things that I felt like were helping to labor her down and was keeping me comfortable. And I was part of the process. And for me, the reason for me personally I didn't want to go to a hospital, I didn't want interventions is because exactly for what you just said. I wanted to advocate for my own self. I wanted to be in control. I didn't want to have someone tell me, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, this is what's happening. I wanted to be in control, and that's my personality.
0: I'm curious. Did you pick out things to wear during labor?
1: Of course I did. And you Did didn't? I get to wear any of them? No.
0: No. no. no.
1: because I was in pain, and then, like, you know, them hooking up on this and that. I couldn't, like, get dressed in this. So, no, I didn't get to wear half the things that I brought.
0: I guess you have to do it again.
1: You sound like my husband. Oh, thanks.
0: (laughs) Well, he did just text me to say that. Um, (laughs) All right. uh, How was postpartum and feeding and stuff like that for you?
1: Postpartum. uh, Oh, we opened a can. uh, Yeah. That was, so the birth itself was crazy. And then my postpartum recovery was so much more intense than I think I could have ever imagined. So I was in the hospital for about a week after the C-section because I had to really heal and because my birth was so long, they were like, you kind of need to stay and allow your body to heal and process and then you can go home. So I was in the hospital for a week. Then I got home and Amelia still, she wasn't fully latching in the hospital. Um, she was latching a little, but it was like very on and off. And I was trying so hard and I was pumping at this point in the hospital because I wasn't getting my milk, which I found out later on. Apparently when you have C-section, a lot of moms, their milk doesn't drop right away because mm. something with You would know hormones and something with like that doesn't pass naturally, doesn't send the body the signal to like, hey, the milk should drop. And so, my milk was 10 days late, so that was fun. (laughs) Um, so that alone, like not being able to like breastfeed, which was also on my check the box of what I wanted to do. So, when I got home, I was like really flipping out because she's screaming, I'm now out of the hospital, I don't have a lactation person trying to help me latch her and get her some milk. So she's screaming at the top of her lungs. Justin's trying to keep me calm. He's running out to get emergency formula, God forbid. I'm in the house having a meltdown, yelling at my mom and dad and my mother-in-law and father-in-law to get my pump charged. And I got to pump and I got to do this. I got to get colostrum. And so I'm pumping away, you know, and they're taking this little Doppler and feeding Amelia because she doesn't have to use a bottle yet. I mean, it was like, a whole scene in my house sort
0: of wish our listeners can see what you just did <laughs> <laughs> all the hand motions from squeezing That's and pumping <laughs> like,
1: you know it's yeah. like You're i'm just... making sure to keep it away from hitting the table yeah. like, like, just uh, <laughs> rewind
0: 30 seconds and try to picture what ellie did with her hands for each of those things she described
1: <laughs> right um and so i mean i'm very animated but <laughs> um, but it was just like chaos and so i call thank god you know alexa's my doula robin my midwife and i'm like hey i'm home I'm losing my mind. I can't get her to latch. Like, no problem. We will call a lactation team. They will be out to you by the morning. So, thank God. Goldilocks, I'm still very good friends with oh, yeah. them. I love them. Mm-hmm. Wonderful women. Came to my house, helped me, you know, get confidence, helped me, hey, you do this, you do that, you know, all the little techniques, as they would tell me, lips and hips and do this and do this and, you know, all these things. And so, obviously, it took a few weeks, but finally, I was able to get her to latch. My milk had, like, fully come in and we were breastfeeding and I was like yeah, okay so I was able to finally start nursing um but regardless I was still in bed because of my c-section I was not a drive for almost nine weeks which apparently I've heard is pretty extreme mm-hmm. um I guess again because I was so sore and because of the trauma of my body my doctor was afraid that like I could tear or like stop short or something happened mm. so it, my mom was driving me around so I felt like a child all over again um that was very hard for me and it was just wild honestly it was like everything i wanted to do when i first got home which was like give her a bath change her diaper like i couldn't do because i've been so much pain i could barely get out of bed for the first few weeks like justin was changing her diaper justin was giving her baths my mom was helping my mother-in-law was helping everybody but me so in my mind i'm like cool i'm already failing as a mom it because it doesn't feel good oh. no i was like i'm not doing anything except nurse her and give her back and she falls asleep on me and that's about it like i just felt so disconnected you know i think that's why I, I led into my postpartum depression heavily because i went through heavy postpartum depression after about two and a half months in i didn't know i had it and then actually the goldilocks team has a postpartum specialist and they were like oh yeah you are in uh, <laughs> full-blown postpartum depression, and so then I started seeing them for help and going to therapists and working on myself and meditating and just reworking on me. I had no idea how hard and how depressed and how dark I was going to feel entering motherhood, because in my mind, It was going to be, like, this glamorous, you know, new job that I was adding to my, you know, list in my world. And I was so amazed by her and obsessed with her that, like, how could I be so depressed? But I was horribly depressed. And it was like I would be with her and I'd be on cloud nine. And then as soon as she would go take a nap, I would look in the mirror I remember literally looking in the mirror and being like, I hate myself. You don't look pretty. You look disgusting. Like, get in bed, cry, and go to sleep. And that was really what I was doing for quite some time.
0: Wow. I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, uh, you know, I don't know if you know, my wife has a program called the Afterbirth Plan.
1: I was checking out because she's going to be a guest on my Oh,
0: right. Plan. So she tries to work with people before they have a baby yes, to prepare I wish I knew for her then. those yeah. hormonal and emotional mm-hmm. changes that take place and so the relationship important. dynamic changes mm-hmm. that take place so that when it's happening, it's not the first time you realize it's going to happen. Yeah. And if you kind of fall into those little depressive pitfalls, you know that it's happening and you can get treatment right away. Right. Versus not realizing that that's what's happening. No, I had no
1: idea. In my mind, I was like, well, this is what it's supposed to be like, right? Because I just had a baby and I had a C-section. So, like, I can't go anywhere. I'm home anyway, so I'm just taking care of her. So, like, whatever. Just don't focus on myself. Focus on her. It's all about the baby. And then one night I turned Justin in bed and I was hysterical. And he said to me, what's going on? And I said, I feel like I'm mourning the death of me and he was like excuse me and I said that's how I feel I feel like I'm just like bye Allie like mm, that old Allie's gone and like I don't even know who the heck I am anymore and he was like okay well yeah you are a new woman in a sense you had a baby but like you're still you and I was like no I just don't know who I am and that's when it kicked in for him like holy crap she's in a bad place and that's Uh kind of when he first said to me I'm not trying to rock the boat, but I feel like you're, you're in something and we need to work through it. And at first I'm a quick fix kind of person. So he was like, Go get a massage. Go get your nails done. You know, and he would take her for hours on end. I would go do things for myself. And so for a couple of weeks it worked. I was like, oh, great. I feel pretty and I got this done. I got that done. But then I'd be back home and I would have, like, ripped my nails off for no reason. I have acrylic nails for your listeners. So, like, that's <laughs> not, it's not like my regular nails. That takes a job to do. And I was, like, actually doing that. And he's like, Aww. you just got your nails done. You know, and so it was like I was doing all these things. That weren't me and weren't who I was as a person. And obviously, like you said, that's when you fall into these cracks and you don't realize that you're actually going through something, which is postpartum depression.
0: But as sometimes strong people do, you have taken your experience and shared it to, um, I suppose, help other people. Absolutely. You started a podcast, mm-hmm. Strip Down mm-hmm. with way, mm-hmm. Levine.
1: Playing off Bravo Strip, <laughs> 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 Stripping down to real, raw, authentic conversations. Mm. And that's what I wanted to be all about because – I feel like, you know, that like there's so many people that don't have these conversations and don't know about postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And they don't know, like you said, that a birth plan totally could not go to plan. And, you know, maybe it should be called like a birth strategy. And, you know, and like there's just so many things that like obviously you enter this whole new world and you don't know as a mom. And in your mind you've pictured everything picture perfect and you have these boxes you're checking and then nothing gets checked and you're like, what's wrong with me why why did everything go out the window you know and then it really affects you and for me i feel like it went from like the trauma of my birth to how i felt about myself to then cystic acne and my c-section i mean my list just (laughs) was like a laundry list so for me i felt like it just added and added and then all of a sudden i was in that you know pocket or creek of what you're saying of where i realized i was depressed
0: Hmm. you know and in a nutshell how has your career changed now postnatally
1: Oh, yeah. So it's kind of wild how from going to postpartum depression, like you said, I started sharing my story. I started really being honest on social media. I signed off social for like a good two months and went dark. And then I came back and I said, listen, I've been gone because social media has literally been triggering me so badly with watching all these moms. No offense to their moms. They have their birth plan. Good for them. But I couldn't see it. I couldn't see someone else have the perfect birth. I couldn't see someone else bounce their body back five days later. Like, it was destroying me inside. Uh-huh. And so I had to be really real about that. And I started sharing on social and saying, hey, listen, I'm not going to be posting glam photos the way I used to. I need to be re- be really real and raw with you guys and tell you how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. And people, I started getting, I remember I started just having all these followers fall off and being like, oh, well, there goes my influencer world. Uh-huh. But then something magical happened. All of a sudden, my following started to double and people started following out of nowhere, and there was all these moms and all these, you know, pregnant women and just different people that, you know, even young girls who were like inspired by what I was sharing. And I was so like thankful and, you know, grateful that now this community was appearing for me And so then I just kept sharing, and then the podcast was born. And now, being 14 and a half months out, I finally can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And my career has transitioned so much of being a mommy influencer and getting to work with so many different brands and helping moms with finding ways to make life easier and helping, you know, find different things with postpartum depression and aligning with different charities. And I have so many projects coming up this summer that I'm like so excited about to be helping other, you know, moms and and women and everything. And it's been, like, so crazy how it's taken me down this path. And then the styling side of it is I'm only doing certain celebrities that I've had for years, and now I'm doing more moms. And I'm helping everyday women get out of their funks and get out of the way that they, you know, like I was feeling and make them feel good in what they're wearing and find a uniform for them that they can put on every day but still feel good about themselves. So it's a really cool, different transition that I never thought I'd be in, but I'm just like, wow, this is pretty magical. It's
0: a whole different kind of rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you joining us and sharing your story and your energy. You know what's cool about your energy is when you were talking about your pregnancy and the parts that you loved and dressing up your bump and taking the photo shoots, there was like a whole euphoric feeling in the room. (laughs) And then when you went to your dark side of postpartum, I was literally bubbling up with tears.
1: I I, I mean, I believe it, And thank you for sharing that.
0: Um, Where can we find you online?
1: You can find me on social at Allie Levine Design, A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E Design. You can find my website, AllieLevine.com. has my blog with fashion tips, people I'm still styling, trends, all that good stuff, and the, the brands I'm talking about. If you want to be styled by me, I am still styling, AllieLevineStyling.com. And my podcast um, on Apple and many other places where you'd find a podcast called Strip Down with Allie Levine.
0: And if you're listening to this, then Allie is also now on Informed Pregnancy.
1: Yes, and I'm so excited to have your wife on soon.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I'll be jealous when you guys get together. (laughs) Jealous of both of you for hanging out together. At home, thanks for listening to us. If you want more information on pregnancy and postpartum, visit us at informedpregnancy.com.